Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. What is better than when two people in love find each other and unite, come together as one in front of family, friends, church? A nap. Why is it that you always revert to nappy time because i'm always tired it is not that big a deal anyway i want to thank everyone for joining us again today Um, this is fireproof your retirement it's the show where our goal and i know this always sounds lofty it sounds odd maybe but our goal is to change our listeners lives by changing the way they look at money because marriages struggle because of stressors And a stressor is a wedge. And one of the biggest wedges in marriages is money. And so that's our goal. That's our hope, is to lessen that wedge. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today, my beautiful, wonderful partner, cohort, partner in crime, best friend, Vanessa Markey. Pretty sure that's the first time you've called me your best friend. That's because my real best friend, he um, has said we're no longer friends anymore now that he found out I voted for Trump. I don't think that's (laughs) the case, but... I'm kidding. This is new territory for us, though. It's a a new thing for us to live up to. No. On serious note, you know, I want to make sure, and I think for anybody, if you're just tuning in now, if this is the first time you're listening to this show, thank you. Stay on the channel for a little while. I promise it gets better. But for anybody who's been listening a while, I don't think they'll, they've heard us enough that they won't get this impression. But I want to make sure for those of you who haven't been listening that long, you know, we're not out here saying that everything we've done is perfect and that we're just great with money. And and if you follow us, you can do all these great things too. That's not the point. We've made a lot of these different mistakes. But I believe sometimes we make them so we can help others. And that's what our goal is, to share some things that we've gone through, we've struggled with, um, to help others. And one of the things that happened this week, we haven't talked a lot about maybe some of our personal lives outside of finance, but this week we had something happen. We, um, I don't think I've shared this with listeners before. I definitely have with some of our clients, but our oldest child is actually um, not from you and I. Right. We found him one day at a Kmart and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he looked hungry, so right. we took him home. <laughs> I mean, if anyone's missing him, I'm just joking. Um, but it was, it was 
a child that I had while I was in college after baseball was done. And, and it really, it shaped who I was. It shaped the man I became. But we still struggle communicating between us and his other parents, don't we? Yes. You said that very authoritatively. Like, no hesitation was like, right. I don't even think it was. I think your face got red just from saying yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So we go to um, therapy every week to help us really in reality. Every other week. Oh, well. Hey, it's not like, that dire anymore. Feels like every week. <laughs> to help each household communicate. And this week we were talking about an incident at school. And we said, you know what? We don't even really know what happened yet because he wasn't with us that week. So it, the the doctor looks at us and we go, well, I don't know. We don't really know what happened. And I'm not going to go into all the details because I don't want the text barrage that would, I doubt they even listen to the show because it's on, I'm not, I was going to make a joke. I'm not going to do that. High ground. See that? High ground. Don't let anyone ever say. That's a first. I didn't take the high ground. Uh Just did. Point is, I don't want to get the text barrage. So anyhow, starting over, refocus. Here we go. So the, the doctor says, so what happened? And we look at each other. We're like, I don't know. <laughs> God only knows on this one, Doc. No, we didn't say it. But we said, no, we don't really know. It could have been, we'll say X, could have been Y. We think it was X, though. And both uh, both the other parents weren't there, just the the other dad. And he goes, well, it was X. X happened. No, he goes, it was Y. Y happened. And Y was more serious than X. And so the doctor... Which- Furthermore, I would just like to point out it was a very heated argument about X or Y via text message, which is why you're getting the annoying over your radio stations right now, which I hope will stop at this point. Well, don't do it again. So Y was more serious than X, the, you know, Y incident, right? So the doctor goes, well, if, if your child did Y, then he deserves a work tour. That's the type of punishments we do. And we go, well, okay. He goes, well, give me a minute. I'd like, you know, he always does a one-on-one meeting with the child. I said, the child, like, it's something like, anyway, you know. And so we, we exit the room. He asks us to come back in, what, like 10 minutes? Yeah, something like that. And so he brings us all back in the same room. We all sit down, same chairs. It's kind of odd how we're always, we don't have assigned seats, but we're always in the same chairs. It's easier than there's no fighting. You ever think of that, though? We're always in the same chairs. It's easier. I'm going to switch that up next time. Let's see what happens. How fun would that be? New chairs. I'm just, I'm like rushing there. Boom. Take the new one. And the next radio show we sit in on, somebody's not going to be here. <laughs> or my phone the whole time. We're going, <laughs> so we come back in and the doctor goes, I'm sorry, but I misunderstood. I thought you said why happened, but your child has said that it was actually X. So I'm sorry that I misunderstood you guys because X is less significant than Y. And therefore, since it was X, he doesn't need a work tour. Correct. Now, was there any way? I want you to answer this right now before I go any. I didn't give you a lot of warning we we're going to talk about this personal on ours. Was there any way the doctor actually thought that he was like, was there any way he misunderstood? Absolutely not. But yet he said it, didn't he? Yes. So we get home and I look at Vanessa and I said, hon, she goes, what? That's why no. I, that's how you sound. It's probably ear. more so like, huh? <laughs> what do you want? And I said, you know, the doctor, he said that for us. And you looked at me 
like gazed and you said not lovingly definitely not lovingly and you said what absolutely not and i'm like yes he did no he did though you realize it now he did say it right for us you still don't your face is getting red as we're speaking this topic irritates me a little bit anyways have you seen your primary care physician for blood pressure meds my blood pressure is outstanding. Yeah, high right now. <laughs> blood pressure is like a golf score. The lower, the better. So, <clears throat> he says, I misunderstood. And I go, hon, that was for us. That was for when things are just going like, <laughs> we could say, hey, I misunderstood. And this led to probably a half hour to an hour hmm, discussion argument. Argument discussion. And grandma's in the middle throwing the flag. She's like the referee. And we're gonna we're gonna delve we're gonna dive into that conversation when we get back, if I'm still alive. We'll take a quick break. Please stay with us. Every great day has a beginning, and every bad day has an ending. Many of you will start and finish each day in your bathroom. Have you ever noticed that when you go to a new hotel, the thing you want to see most is how nice your bathroom is. You'll take a look at the shower, the shower door, the glass, the handles, the hinges. Let my friends, my family, the pros at City Glass and Mirror, they've been here for over 50 years now. Let them design your dream bathroom. Let them help you start each day and end each day in your oasis. They can design it with vision and passion and they will give you an accurate quote. They won't give you a low quote just to try to win your business because they want you to be happy. Give them a call at 616-842-3740, 616-842-3740. Visit them on the web at cityglassgh.com, at cityglassgh.com, or again, give them a call, 842-3740. Welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. I've been told that you always go, all right, everyone. So see that? I didn't do it. I said, welcome. Because now I have you consciously thinking about it. So you're not going to do it now. Honey, you always have me consciously thinking. <laughs> what I mean, what else is there? Is there unconsciously thinking? That's called knocked out. So now you have subconsciously thinking? Mm-hmm. Whatever. So let's go back. So before the break, we talk, we're talking about communication. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> I see we're still in a happy mood here. So, <laughs> so we go to the doctor. And he says, you misunderstood. And he did that. So when we're having this, like, it's like head against a brick wall, walking in a circle, just talking to yourself type of conversation via text when the phone's going. And I said, hon, he's giving us, he's telling us, he's, he's showing us what we're supposed to do is just say, you know what? I misunderstood, but boom, boom, boom. And then move forward. And you got kind of mad about this. Kind of. I almost threw an acorn squash at you. You didn't almost throw an acorn squash at me because the likelihood that you would make contact is slim to none, even at the close proximity that we were standing together. Okay, then. So. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> and next week, we'll talk about the emergency room visit. So you had a problem with it, though, because you said, well... Wait a minute. I mean, in your word, tell us. It was in a text message. It was physically written down. There was no misunderstanding it. And so we're going back and forth. Then you got grandma in the middle like, 
throwing the flag. Now, grandma's my mom. Why is it that grandma never takes my side? Because she knows what I'm dealing with. Because you guys share red wine and buy it for each other in the totally different conversation. So grandma's like throwing the flag saying 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. And she looks at me and she says, Mike. Actually, I think she said, Mikey. Here's the problem. Vanessa and I are a lot alike. And when we know that somebody's wrong, we have a hard time just going, well, hey, I guess maybe I misunderstood and it's okay. Because you just, I don't know, you just typed the wrong words. Autocorrect. Right. And then she looks at you and she says, but Vanessa, what Mike is saying is that We know they were wrong, but why continue to go down that road when it's providing zero usefulness? Just move forward, take that high ground, say, I misunderstood. And it was funny because you got mad at me and and for the rest of the night, you would say something and I'd listen and then you'd get mad about something else. I'd be like, honey, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Well, you understood this. I'm like, I just must have misunderstood. It's my fault. And this has now been an issue since said appointment. It's not an issue. But it is interesting. Because one of the things that I've noticed by working with people is that the lower earning spouse tends to, and this goes back to the communication. Like, if you can have this stress about, this was a wedge. This issue we deal with every week. I guess it's not every week, is it? It's every... Other. Feels like every week. <laughs> but this wet, this stressor, it's a wedge. Now, we were able to... But it was good. It helped having that... Buffer. Uh, yeah, that buffer. <laughs> referee. Yes. But I see people all the time. And so if we, you can have this stressor here, it, money can certainly be one. I see couples all the time where the lower earning spouse tends to be the spendthrift. I'm not saying that it's always this way. There's certainly times where it's the higher earning spouses this way. But the, I think if they're not communicating well, I see it this way. And it's, it, sometimes it's the husband. The, husband, the wife's the one making more of the money, and the husband's the one overspending. And other times it's the husband that makes more money, and it's the wife overspending. Now, again, certainly there's times where the, the bigger earning spouse is the, you know, the culprit of this. But I, I think... From my experience, probably more so it's the opposite way. The lower earning spouse is the one that becomes that spendthrift, especially if they're not communicating. Well, I mean, why do you think that is? I think they're trying to fill a void. Like what? Um, I mean, and as an example, because I think the men, the men, and I'm not trying to pick on the men, but the well, men who are on. earning less than their wives maybe don't necessarily feel as accomplished. I mean, especially in, like, my parents' and your parents' generation, that's how they grew up. The man was the man of the household. So if they're not making the higher income, they don't feel like they're necessarily contributing as much, and maybe then they just go and buy a new set of golf clubs. I don't know. Golf clubs, a batting cage, something to fill the void because then it makes them feel better about themselves, but it only makes them feel better about themselves for a very short period of time. Right. Well, you know, in the one that I've seen, 
I've seen husbands that will, you know, they go out clothes shopping. And I know that sounds like a, a gender specific, but they'll go clothes shopping and the same things they can get at Marshall, not Marshall, what's it, Marshall's or TJ Maxx. They got to go buy the brand, the same brand name, but they got to go pay full price. And I can think of couples right now that we've been working with where they're having this argument. One spouse, and again, the ones that I've seen, it's been the higher earning spouse. They're asking the question, wait a minute, why can't you go on and get it on sale? And I think it's the way it makes people feel sometimes. That that $80 shirt that you get for 20 bucks, you just don't feel as good because it's only 20 bucks. Even though it's the same shirt, it's the same quality. But sometimes if when people forget who they are and whose they are, and we attach things for our identity, that if that thing even though it's the same thing, it's a $80 shirt, but I got it for 20, but I've only get it for 20, then it doesn't have as much meaning. Yeah. But it shouldn't have any meaning to begin with. Right. And this sometimes happens with wives too. I know we've shared with, um, about friends, but I, there are times where you get to stay at home and sometimes it can be stay at home dad for sure, but you get the husband going out to work and you got the stay at home mom and cracker, not cracker barrel. What's that? place that something barrel crate and barrel crate and the department store yeah. that has furniture right that's ridiculously expensive right crate and barrel good not cracker barrel <laughs> crate and barrel but they become like best friends with crate and barrel why because it makes them feel better about themselves so it's the same boy for about five minutes right and then here's what i also see now, it's not as big of a deal if it's being paid for by cash, but how many times is it being paid for with cash? 0.01% of the time. Next to never. And so now you got this bill. And now the one that spouse working or the spouse earning extra money who then really they're using those dollars to pay back that. Gets angry. Yeah, and it creates another stressor, doesn't it? So we got the wedge. We got this wedge that you bought something to make you feel better, but then once it's not so new and it doesn't smell so new and it doesn't look so new, then it doesn't make you feel as good. So now you're kind of angry at yourself for spending all this money on something that didn't do what you hoped and thought maybe it would do. And now you got to hold another wedge because you got Visa going, hey, guys, we charge you 21% interest every month. Don't you think you want to pay this stuff off? Right. So we're going to start focusing. We're going to start talking. We've got to not ignore and avoid the things that are hard to talk about. If there's a wedge, don't put it down deep. Bring it to the surface. Talk about it. If you need, talk about it on a radio show. I'm telling you what, that's the easiest way to talk about a wedge. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's take another quick break, and then we'll be right back. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. And welcome back, everyone, to the last segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. It goes so quick. It really does. I I enjoy when we get our time to be in here, you and I together. 
it's always kind of an adventure on. I know we pre-plan, we talk about subjects. It goes a different direction. And then you go off on a tangent for 10 minutes and it's like, that's not what we discussed. Why is it always got to be my fault? It was, you know what? I'm not saying you said that. Maybe I'm just misunderstanding what you meant. What? I was going to say misunderstand this, but. Honey, I don't know if you know this. It's a radio show, not a TV show. They can't see the um, things you're showing me. Right. So we talked about wedges, though, and we talked about communication. And the easiest thing to do when you have a wedge is to push it deeper, to not bring it up, to let it sit, fester, get infected, bubble over, turn green. I get really gross, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> it's easy, though, to put it on the back burner, but we need to bring it up. I'm telling you right now, if you're having a problem with something, bring it up. Don't let it sit there. It's hard. It's not fun, but it's important. And, you know, some of these things, this is, we joke around the office sometimes that it almost feels like we're more of a counselor than it is an advisor at times. If you don't have that kind of relationship, I'm not saying that you have to go find a different advisor, but find a priest, a pastor, somebody close to you that you can talk to have that referee. We had grandma who was the referee and she helped. She never takes my side, but she did help. Now, here's the good things do sometimes happen, right? So recently you got a raise. Didn't even realize it until you saw your paycheck. Right. Now, when we get a raise, I'm not saying it's our raise. I'm just, I'm just saying when people get a raise, your raise, what, do we, what should we do with it? What's I mean, what's the first? Let's walk down this path together, shall we? What was the? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're being honest with ourselves, what was the very first thing? that you thought about using that for? Um, I mean, actually, it kind of threw me off, so I didn't really get to think about it. But I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I probably could use a new pair of pants okay. or some shirts. So things. <laughs> right. Or um, actually, I mean, honestly, when you asked me about it, I was like, well, technically, I think I'm going to try and put it aside because I've been living without it for ever. Well, we've been talking about it, though. So when we first talked about it, I think your response, you know, you really didn't have an idea. It was just like, well, it's there. And what happens, though, is the longer it stays in the limbo mode. And I, oh, this is hard. And actually, I'm going to give Dave Ramsey a little credit here. He talks about giving things a name. Don't look at me that way. The desk is going to light on fire. It is not. But it, it is true. Give credit where credit's due. If you let it sit there and become intermingled with the other dollars, that's what it'll be used for. Right. It'll go to clothes. It'll go to groceries. You'll rationalize why you needed it. Right. Here's the simple reality. You just said it. I've been living all of these months before this without it. Yes. And life's been fine. Money-wise. Maybe right. not. I mean, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. So we get a raise. One thing that I've always counseled folks on is that unexpected dollars at a very, at a minimum, unexpected dollars save half. So it's, it's fun to reward ourselves and make the budget a little bit easier. But if you get a tax refund, for example, most people, they intermingle it with all their other dollars in the checking account. Right. Six months later, where is it? Gone. Yeah, it's at Crate and Barrel, right? Or Cracker Barrel. It could go to any of the barrels. You still don't have it. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you get the um some folks you get an escrow check. We got one of those like a few years ago before our taxes kept going up because Norton Shores decides that they don't have enough money and they're just gonna tax everybody more. Nice job, guys. I'm pretty bitter about that, aren't you? I'm not happy about it. We, anyhow, don't we don't have enough time to go on my distaste for property tax and how they just jack it up. So cut it off. Deep breath. So, but we got an escrow check one time, refund, right? It was overfunded. If we had, if I think we did, we added it to the checking account. What happens to it? It's gone. Yeah, gone. And you'll you'll always rationalize why you can use it for something good. I mean, uh, a TV is always going to be more fun than a, in Dave's word, a good growth stock mutual fund. But here's the thing. Let's be real with ourselves and put ourselves. I had a coach in uh, college. I had a coach that always said that my job as your coach is to put you in a situation where you're most likely to succeed. If you put these dollars just in your regular checking account where you pay all your bills, is that the situation where you're most likely to succeed? Succeed being actually having something to show for it a year, two years three years down the road? No. For most people, I'm going to ask you, I've actually never, I've I've asked a lot of clients this, but I've never said this to you. Let's imagine we go into a downturn. Now you're in the construction field. Mm -hmm. And the last time we went into something like that, when things were really bad, um, your employer, what's your parents? So the parents, your dad came into the the office and he asked everyone to take, I think it was a 10% cut in pay for a while until things leveled out because mm-hmm. things were bad. I mean, right. people are getting laid off. And if your pay was cut tomorrow by 10%, ignore the, you never got your bonus or whatever that they raised. That was a mistake. If they came in and reduced your pay by 10%, what bill starting next month would you be laid on? Probably none. What about in two months? Probably none. Three? Still would probably be okay. You answer that just like everybody else. Because the point is this. In our culture, we make people, at least adults, responsible adults, will become really, really good bill payers. And so if we had an unexpected reduction to income, probably everyone listening right now, you would make it work. Right. You would go to the generic food. Like Peter Pan peanut butter. How much you save on that? It's not generic, I've been told. I still maintain that it is, but anyways. We should Google it. Anyhow, you won't be late on any bills. You'll make it work because you're a good bill payer. That's a skill. So when you get a raise, how interesting is it that all of a sudden we need it? We tell ourselves, oh, it's great because now I can catch up on this. I can do this. I can do that. Right. You didn't need it yesterday. Nope. It feels nice. It feels like, you know what? I'm rewarding myself. When I when I first started working out a couple years ago, again, I, I never wanted to work out again after baseball. We just did it so much. I played college ball and I was done. Started working out again. And I gained a bunch of weight really quickly because I would work out. And then, you know what? I hadn't been eating crappy food for years because I was like, I don't do anything. I can't. My metabolism can't support that. I don't want my suits not to fit. You can see how vain I am. I want my suits to fit. So I didn't eat, you know, McDonald's. Sorry, McDonald's. But it's kind of bad food there, right? It's good, but it's bad for you. 
And so I start working out. And you know what I did immediately? Went to McDonald's. I started eating all this food I hadn't eaten because, oh, I worked out enough. I can do this. And you rationalize A equals B. I worked out this morning so I can do this. I work hard so I should get this. I got a raise so I should be able to get this. But if you do that, you'll never get ahead. You'll never have anything to show for it. You'll constantly, if you're uncomfortable at the weight you're at, you'll be at that same weight, if not more. If you're uncomfortable with the amount of debt you have, you'll be at the same amount of debt, maybe more. If you're struggling with any of these things, call us. We can help. We've done it before. We'll do it again. That's what we do. We love doing it. We love helping you. We're local. We're in Grand Rapids, Holland, Norton Shores, Give us a call, 616-589-4004, 616-589-4004, or go on the World Wide Web at www.legacyfinancialnetwork.com. Until next week, we are your hosts, and this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.